Welcome to the Untold Hour. Who the fuck is this? That's what you're wondering. (laughs) Because you haven't heard my voice in probably months. And laughing along with me is my guest for tonight, Sapphire Sandalo. How are you? Hello. I'm okay. You know what I realized? I'm getting like flashbacks. To Alter Weekly. (laughs) R.I.P. I know. R.I.P. Well, we're going to be doing a kind of... um, alter weekly surrogate episode tonight i mean you and i are going to talk mm. about horror movies yeah which we did on alter weekly which i loved doing and we've kept up uh you know somewhat through marco polo and uh we had a movie night the other night and watched something together which was great but we haven't had that consistent weekly output of movie discussion which i do miss <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I just bug you in text message whenever I feel like it. So, well, <laughs> yeah, it feels working like, for me. <laughs> it feels like there'll be a movie that will come up that enough of us hear about that then we're like, hey, have you watched this yet? Mm-hmm. And I think we'll talk about some of those tonight. Um, thank you for being here, first of all, Sapphire. Yeah, anytime. And secondly, uh, the wonderful Jessica Chobot is out yet again for a long stretch of an adventure. Who knows where it will take her? If you follow her on social media, you've seen some of her updates. Uh, she is having fun and not slowing down anytime soon. So I'm holding down the fort while she's away. And I promise you it won't just be Onyx movie updates and Grammy Boy updates and Bowser's Backyard updates. We're going to have some <laughs> real meaty episodes. I'm going to make some promises during this episode that I cannot keep. <laughs> oh, no. We're going to have a ghost on the show. That's what? I'm claiming we're going to have a ghost on the show interviewed. First time in history. Oh, man. Yeah. How the fuck? I'll figure that out, but I'll figure it out. But to start, I am going to give a little life update. And I'm sorry, Sapphire, because you've probably heard right, these I'm gonna details. I'm going to leave. Yeah, <laughs> go ahead and we'll add the sound effect of a door opening and closing. <laughs> and then you can just come back when you're ready. Real quick, I do want to say um, one of the main reasons I've been a little uh, MIA has been because I have been working on the Onyx movie, a lot of prep. And, you know, I, I do have help, but we aren't in proper pre-production. So a lot of it is just me doing a lot of things. Um, and, Can I just uh, say? Yeah. Sorry to interrupt you. So no. rude of me. I watched your update video yeah, that today's... you sent out today. That was the so that's the first update video I've seen. So I don't know how much you've shared already. Yeah, but I'm like blown away. Oh, really? <laughs> by that's how great. much work is like already done? Like I I knew you've been working on it, but I don't know what the what that meant. Totally. <laughs> like yeah, just seeing all of the puppets and the creatures and the design like all yeah. coming to life, like. I don't know. I was just like, it made me emotional. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so happy for him. He's doing it. (laughs) That's awesome. I saw your comment on my channel and I loved it. It was very warming. I, uh, it, you know, I did that update because I realized that there has been a lot of work done already on the film. But yet I'm in this place mentally where I'm behind the eight ball. There's so much left to do. There's giant pieces to still get into place in time to shoot in the fall. And so I, I literally can convince myself there's nothing to share with anyone. Mm, meanwhile, you are so wrong, <laughs> right? Like, meanwhile, the the team working on the creatures has been hard at work since. Yeah, I mean, probably mid April. Um, oh wow! You know, as soon as we wrapped the Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, we started having conversations. So then I cut this together. It's just amazing the lack of like uh, awareness I can have sometimes. I cut this thing. I cut this in thing together many aspects of your <laughs> in many life. aspects. But I cut this thing together, and even I was like, "Oh shit! Right? Oh, there's a lot going on." <laughs> and it's like, "What? Well, yeah." I mean, but I get the texts every day from Adam, the designer, and I tell you though, it is it's keeping me juiced. I mean, I'll be bummed on one aspect, like one detail will fall through in another area of the prep, but then I'll get a text from him showing me the beefy bad boy puppet. Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, man, everything's okay. <laughs> it's like, 
It's probably for you, uh, clearly the manifestation of a lot of bullshit you hear me talk about. Because it's like (laughs) those kind of monsters and those kind of critters, you know, coming to life is all that I ever go on about on our podcast. uh, Or did on our podcast. Um, But so that's a big part of what's been taking me away from this podcast. But, and don't let me forget this. I want to, Sapphire, I want to talk Mm -hmm. about this. I'm showing you something, but I'm not saying (gasps) what it is. Yes. I want to talk about it on this podcast, a gift Sapphire gave me. But along with the creature prep and some of the illustrative work that's being done for specialty props in the movie, I did do a big-ass location scout to the East Coast. And we visited the location that we're going to be filming at. It's called Ventford Hall in Lenox, Massachusetts. Amazing. And it is haunted AF. Whoa. And I wanted to tell you Mm -hmm. about the ghost. What were you asking? I was going to ask if something spooky happened while you were scouting. So nothing spooky happened while I was scouting, but it was one of those places where, not on a negative level, you did feel a kind of thickness just in Mm -hmm. the air. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, God, sometimes I just think that's New England. But, like, the second Mm -hmm. we pulled up to the mansion, me and my wife, and... I blasted the Tales from the Crypt theme song <laughs> on the car stereos. It was like, <laughs> and we like turned this bend and then you see it. And I was like, oh, fuck. I mean, fucking perfect. And then inside, it just, you just felt that kind of thickness in the air of the right. history of just how old the place is. And we got a proper tour from one of the reps on site. Mm-hmm. That told us a lot of the history of the place. And it was it was built for Sarah Morgan, meaning okay. the the sister of J.P. Morgan. You know, oh. like, right. Uh, big, big money, dude. And so supposedly, and what's interesting is she got a lot less of his fortune than some of her um, brothers and other male relatives because of a sexism misogyny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but what she did get uh, a lot of what she got, she used toward building Ventford hall. Okay. And, um, her, and I believe her husband's name was George lived there. And I don't know that they lived there for very long before dying, but there was a big fire there at one point. I, oh God, I hope I'm not wrong. I want to say it was in the sixties. Uh, so it was, it was long since they were gone. Yeah. But um, but so a lot of it has been rebuilt, but it's been rebuilt in the exact style of, you know, it was a historical restoration. Um, so it all still feels so, uh, it's called a Gilded Age uh, in a, a Jake, Jacobian revival style mansion from the Gilded Age. And um, the ghosts that are on site are supposedly of Sarah and her husband, George. Yeah, and we tight. talked to an employee that has felt somebody come up and touch them on the back of their head while mm. doing a tour, and they have had many ghost hunts there, and they have had uh, people that have been there participating in the ghost hunts feel things, and the key is smell things. Mm. They say that if you're going to uh, experience the ghost of Sarah, or if she is near, you'll smell lilac perfume. That's nice. Yeah, and then if you're going to, if you're close to the ghost of George, you'll smell his cigar. You know what's so funny? I feel like perfume and cigars are the most common types of ghost scents that come up in these, totally. like, stories. And I don't know, like, how come we never smell, like, ghost farts or, yeah, like... ghost so... farts of B.O. <laughs> well, right? I guess it's just, it's so interesting, like, smells are... They're so associated with, I don't know what else you'd sense, but they're just so associated with the physical. Mm-hmm. Like that smell was on their body. Their body's no longer here. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that feels any different than hearing their voice or seeing some kind of apparition. Right. I don't know. It just seems so ancillary to like the core of what that being was, but maybe not. Maybe it's like the perfume was a really big imprint on that person's existence. Right. Do you know what I mean? But it just feels like a throwaway detail. Hmm. Well, but it you're is. Right. I mean, it always comes up. Yeah, it's per. But like perfume and cigars, those are things that are not like attached to a person. Yeah. Either. Right. So it's like, why are we smelling like the residual stuff? Yeah. And not like them. But at the same time, 
you know, senses uh, or smell triggers memories mm-hmm. so much. I'll smell something in some random store or some random building here in L.A. that like sends me back to the yeah. fourth grade. I'm like, oh, my God, what is that? And then I'm there like fucking ghost ship, um, <laughs> which is probably one of your favorite movies. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. No, it's not. <laughs> is uh. What what was your take on on the uh, the Owen Wilson Liam Neeson House on Haunted no uh, the haunting Sorry do you remember seeing that and Oh my god about it? was that with was that with Catherine Zeta Jones Yeah uh Catherine Zeta Jones I want to say Lily Taylor mm, I forget who the the main Eleanor lady actress was I'll look I it mean up. I I watched it in theaters with my family and I think I was what in like elementary school and I was having a blast just because I was sitting next to my mom and she was screaming the entire time. Really? That's <laughs> to the great. point where everyone in the theater was just laughing at her. Just like, That's great. Like, this movie is not that scary. Why is this lady screaming? You know, it's so funny. I watched Jaws with uh, a friend that has seen it many times. Yeah. A friend that saw it once uh, when they re-released it in theaters for fun. And so it was just a few years ago. And then my wife has never seen it. Mm. And my friend that has seen it once but saw it in theaters, she reacted to it like it was the first time. I mean, when the head floats into the boat hull when they're looking underwater, she was like, oh, on top <laughs> of her lungs. And then my wife, since she's never seen it, was like, it's, it was funny. She didn't know the, the fates of each of these characters. Mm-hmm. So Richard Dreyfus shows up and she's like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> like, and then I, I'm thinking like the whole movie is Richard Dreyfus, but it's just so funny. She just didn't grow up on pop culture at all or movies yeah. at all. So she was, as far as she knows, he I sets foot in that her. boat and he fucking gets eaten. Right, right. S- right away. Um, Wait, why did you bring up the haunting? Oh, because I was thinking of ghost ship because I was thinking of, I, I don't know, just like, when I, whenever I think of ghost ship, I just think of like appar- you kind of are transported to being able to see the apparitions in like I their see. heyday. Because I feel like there's scenes of like ballrooms coming to life in that movie, even though I don't fucking Did know. You, have you seen it? Oh, yeah. I saw it in oh, theaters. Okay. I was like, how dare you talk about this movie you have not seen? I saw, it, I saw it in theaters, but it just went in that category of yeah. 13 Ghosts. <laughs> well, it's the same the director. Oh, I did not realize that. Yeah. And as we all know, if you listen to Ultra Weekly, I wound up kind of liking 13 Ghosts whenever we watched it. <laughs> but I guess I was just curious, since you are more of a like 90s and early 2000s, as far as that being like the the real sweet spot for a lot of your faves, <laughs> if you liked The Haunting or The Haunting of Hill House. I like uh, The Haunting of Hill House. Yeah, the one with... Uh, I know what you, how you feel. Wait, no, are you... You're not... No, no. not the Netflix show. I'm talking I, about... I just... As soon as you said it, I was like, that's not what Bowser's talking about. Um, The House wait, on Haunting House on Hill. Haunted Hill. House Haunted Hill. Hill. Right. I think I've seen that. I can't... I don't remember that one as much. I yeah. think I've seen that one. But I, I mean, I'm pretty sure I loved it. <laughs> wow. That was the same year as The Haunting. Yo, that was just a haunted year. That was a haunted year. <laughs> Everybody says 99 is the best year in movies because of like... Um, Y2K? Uh, American Beauty? No, yeah, because of, <laughs> because of the looming threat of Y2K. <laughs> yeah. No, because it's like Magnolia and American Beauty and all these like mm. Oscar movies. But it also kind of rocked for horror. What else came out in 99? Well, you got The Haunting. You got House on a Haunted Hill, 1999 horror movies. Let's see. I bet you there's a Final Destination of some kind. Or a, I know mm, what you did no, last No, that started in 2000, I think. Really? Got it. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Oh, the I Know You Did Last Summer. Blair Witch was 99. <gasps> Get out of here. Really? Sleepy Hollow was 99. I didn't watch that. What? <laughs> and then check this out. The Sixth Sense was 99. <gasps> 99 was a good year wow. for horror. Shit. And an, a, 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 an often forgotten movie that I really liked, Stir of Echoes. I don't even know what that is. I think you'd like Stir of Echoes, especially because didn't you watch the newer Kevin Bacon movie with him and Amanda Seyfried? Oh, God. Uh, You must have left or you should have left. Yeah, you should have left. You watched that, didn't you? Yeah, we were forced to. Exactly. And Stir of Echoes is like the better version of that. Oh, interesting. Okay, And it's the same director, I think. I 
I worked at a movie theater in uh, 97 through 2000. So like Idle Hands, Ravenous. Oh my gosh, Deep Blue Sea. Oh, I Lake, remember Deep Blue Sea. Lake Placid. Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, these are like that era though. Virus with Jamie Lee Curtis. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Anyway, 99 was a good year mm-hmm. for a horror. Um, the point is, Ventford Hall is haunted, and I hope when we're there for the film, I you know I hope we we, uh, we feel something. I hope we get haunted. I hope we smell that lilac or that cigar. Um, I wanted to give people an update on Grammy Boy, also known as the Wall Cat, because <laughs> I think last time I spoke about him on the podcast, I had taken him out of the wall gotten him in his crate and was now rehabbing him from the crate. But I tell you what, Sapphire, I know you think about it every day. I do. And I'm here to tell you, even though you were just here the other night, um, he has turned such a corner. This cat, not only does, first of all, there's no crate anymore. I felt like he was, he was relying on the crate. He was going into it all the time, even though he was comfortable enough with me to where I was feeding him treats out of a spoon and he was eating them. Okay. I had a cat glove on to keep me protected. <laughs> but but he was like showing signs of being okay with me. Okay. So one day on his own accord, he left the crate and sat under my couch. And I was like, you know what, dude? I think you're telling me you want me to take the training wheels off. So okay. I take the crate out and he watched it as I moved it out. And he was like, oh, I wasn't saying all that. But, uh, so he's just been loose in the garage. He's got his, he's got two beds. I put beds in either corner, fans, and he'll, he, for the longest time, he was staying mostly under the couch, unless he was coming out to eat or shit. But I started giving him treats and throwing them right in front of me. And he walks all the way out to eat the treats Mm. and then just sits right in front of me. And he's like, I'll have some more treats, please. (gasps) Like a normal cat sitting two feet, two feet from me. So I just kept feeding him treats every day. We had a little treat session. And my wife, who's like the cat whisperer, was a big part of it. Um, so we got him so used to coming out from the couch, for underneath the couch. And when I say underneath the couch, it's a, it's like a waiting room, like doctor's office couch. It's There's no, mm-hmm. he's not stuck. It's like a wide opening that he just sits under. It's really right. comfy. But anyway, he got so used to coming out. Now I'm sitting here and he just comes out even if it's not about treats. And he'll just come, he'll come and sit right down next to my desk and just in a little cat loaf. And then he'll get no. up and he'll walk to the other end and get in one of his little beds. <gasps> he's getting and comfortable. Like, he's getting comfortable. It's so crazy. Like right now he's in his bed. I'll take a picture. Uh, Aristotle, if you can remind me, uh, uh, well, I'll just, I'll just do it myself. I need to post this stuff to like Facebook or our Twitter or something. Because the pictures of him in his bed and the pictures of him sitting next to me are so flipping cute. <laughs> I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, here, Sapphire, I'll show you one. Where's my phone? Um, he, I just, the, it's wild to me to see him really start to loosen up and like right. get comfortable and kind of want to get comfortable. He's like, dude, I'm, I'm ready to chill. You, well, or it means you just him broke him. Bed. I know. Oh, what a little cutie! You see him in his little bed. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's just chilling. And then uh, this is exciting for audio listeners, but um, (laughs) let me just show you one more picture of him when he was sitting next to my desk last night, just because it's just, he just hasn't done this before. He just showed up and Mm -hmm. like sat down. (gasps) What a little cutie. I know. It's like hard to focus on it, but anyway, I love it. I love it. I hope everybody (laughs) loves it too. Um, The other quick life update is that I threw my back out two weeks ago. And uh, have you ever had back issues? I mean, I have scoliosis. Yeah, I have a, I have slight scoliosis, then I have really shit knees. But the joke of it is that I threw my back out just walking on the beach. Like, not walking on the beach near the water, but once we were headed back to our car and we walked up over, like, a hill of sand mm. to get back to the parking area, just walking over the sand with no shoes... You know, just slip in and kind of rocking. I felt a little tweak and I was like, ooh, ah, gotta be careful. And then the next day was doing squats, working out and just fucking like, yeah, couldn't, 
I mean, I, I thought I was about to black out. It just seized up. Oof. And uh, I could barely drive home because I couldn't sit down. So anyway, I went to the chiropractor a couple times. A lot of people have told me chiropractor is a scam, but I honestly don't care if it helps. It helped me. So now I'm just doing ice and heat and ice and heat, but it's been two weeks and I, I still, like getting out from a seated position. Still I hurts? Like, oh yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm like, uh -oh. yeah. Getting out of the bed in the morning, I might as well be 70 years old. The sounds I make. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, but can you tell me about the gift you gave me the other night? And I'm wondering if I should light it now. I just said what the gift was pretty much. You haven't lighted it yet? I haven't lit it yet. Light? Did I say lighted? That's so you embarrassing. You did say lighted, but that's okay. <laughs> well, basically, i had been talking to you about how we're still looking for, like, uh, further financing toward the Onyx movie. Mm -hmm. A lot of what's happened, oh, you know, we thought COVID would be done. It's not. And the COVID expenses on our film oh, for, a, for a film yeah. of our size. Oh my gosh. It's it's a huge deal to take that much money and put it towards COVID protocol. But obviously we're going to. Right. I'm looking for a lighter for anyone that's hearing me scooping around. But so, <laughs> what was the gift you brought me? I got you a money candle. <laughs> a money candle. It is a money candle. It is from House of Intuition. There's multiple yes. locations in LA. Um, and it's essentially just like a green candle that, I mean, they say it's infused with magic. I choose to believe them because I have bought many a candle from House of Intuition. And no joke, everyone I have lit has given me something so i'm like hey if it's the act of me lighting a candle and believing that a thing will happen that's enough for me <laughs> so i tell you what yeah the last candle you bought me was an obstacle remover mm -hmm. and as much as we loved doing alter weekly we were i i was i was starting to tell you about the fact that um not really the alter weekly show but Another job I had was yes. really competing with my time toward the Kickstarter. Yes. And then you gave me this obstacle remover candle and Alter Weekly got canceled and I quit the other job. Yeah. Obstacles removed. Obstacles removed. And <laughs> like you said, whether it's magic or what, coming down into my space and seeing the obstacle remover candle burning or lighting it and looking at it, it just puts that that thought in your head to continue to focus on those things. Yeah. Um, and, and and whereas normally I kind of, I, I think about those things, but I think about them in this like swirly, panicky way. <laughs> whereas like, if you light a candle that says money on it, <laughs> it's like money. Yes, yeah. we need it. We need more of it. And it's there. It's out there. Yep. So let's find it. Come on. Someone's going to yeah. want to give us money. You know, mm -hmm, it just, it, mm -hmm. it kind of focuses you, I find. Yeah. Um, I still haven't been able to find a lighter, so great. I want to, it's but a great I want, omen. <laughs> <laughs> I want to light it. I remember watching the haunting with my aunt and, uh, the beheading scene of Owen Wilson is probably. <gasps> yes. Wait, remind me, remind me of that kill. That one is, uh, escaping me. How does he get beheaded? Like a big gargoyle or something. <gasps> oh, just swings. swings. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And he like steps back into it. Oh, yeah. That okay. The part that really got me was in the like pretty early on where uh, that one like I think they're near like a harpsichord or something, and then she like plucks the string, and then it like shoots into her eyeball, and then her eye gets like mm -hmm. fucked. That was oh, yeah. that that fucked me up. Um, Wait, what are we talking about? <laughs> the haunting? <laughs> oh, hell yeah. Well, then I imagine everything you said while I was away should be left in. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Keep going. Uh, we're just talking about the, our favorite parts of it. <laughs> Aristotle, what are your favorite parts of the haunting? I was going to say, that's your call, but I, I similarly watched it uh, maybe too young, but <laughs> Owen Wilson's beheading is my it's still in my memories forever. Yeah. I love it. Well, the actually, you know what? The more that I think about it, the more I remember how much I 
did like that movie and how much it did scare me. Like the the parts where she's in the bed with the little cherub heads on the bed frame oh, yeah. and then she looks away and she looks at them and they're looking at her. That haunted me for so long. And then also just when she's walking down the hallway and then the curtains are billowing and then when they come back down and then you see like the silhouette of a kid yeah. underneath it. That fucked me up so hard. Like I couldn't walk past billowy curtains for the longest time because I was convinced that a human shape would just appear in them. They do have some good visual scares in that movie. Yeah. I mean, and the I, effects do not hold up. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I remember it, the cherub scene. I re- rewatched it on YouTube kind of recently. Yeah. And it's creepy. yeah. Yeah. It is creepy. But even and the Owen Wilson stuff, I remember be, at whatever age I was that I was like, oh, I didn't think that guy would meet such a gruesome end because he was, you know, the guy from Bottle Rocket. I was like, I was obsessed with him and he brought levity to things. I forgot he was in that. Oh, yeah. Um, so when I light this, should I just. Uh, oh, wait, you say- need to. First thing you need to do is trim, oh, trim the, the wick, wick a little bit. It's too tall. You're going to have a big ass flame. OK, trim just the wick. Trim it a little bit. So uh, as you light it, every time you light it, so you're going to snuff it out like, you know, at nighttime. I'm hoping yes, safer that yes. way. Um, but every time you light it, you're supposed to meditate and think about your intentions. So for you, it would be, okay, I need this amount of money for my movie. You just think yes. about that. For and the then cocaine budget on the movie. For the, <laughs> yes. And then you light it. And then... Um, yeah, and then you, you're you supposed to leave the candle burning, but I think that's kind of unsafe. So just, you know, totally. snuff it out whenever you have to leave. But then once it burns all the way down, there's these stones at the bottom, and then they're supposed to be charged with your yeah. intention. And then you just My carry intentions. those around, and they're like little reminders of it. I love it. So why snuff it instead of like licking your fingers and putting it out that way? Like when you say um, snuff, because what I normally right. do is I have a little metal, well, it's actually an altar mug, and uh, I... Cover it with that metal altar oh, mug. Oh, that's that. That is that is snuffing. that's snuffing. But with your fingers, you'd say don't do that. Uh, I guess you could. I think uh, the main thing is when people is that you don't blow it out. Um, blowing yeah, it out okay. can one be unsafe because you could be blowing the hot wax everywhere. Okay. Um, and then also the second reason is that it's sort of like. Uh, the, the way it was explained to me is that it sort of feels a little messy or dismissive where it's like, oh, I'm just like blowing yeah, this flame out instead flippant. of intentionally like death killing it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, totally. I mean, that's why on Survivor, Jeff Probst snuffs out the flames of the contestants that leave as opposed to just blowing it out because mm. it is more like there's more respect there. It's more ceremonial. You don't really watch Survivor, do you? No. I could tell by the confused look on your face when I brought up <laughs> Jeff Probst. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Survivor's my favorite show of all time. Is it really? It, it really is. Cute. It really is. If you if if you were like, there's only one TV show you can ever have in your memory, the rest get men in blacked out of your memory. Honestly, I, I would say Survivor. But Amazing. I would be tempted to say Family Ties. But uh, Survivor would probably win. Yeah. Wow. I love Survivor. Yeah. I would not have guessed that. I know, but if you think about it, it's something I can watch and I don't think about like, I would have done that differently or why did he get the chance to direct that <gasps> oh, show? You know what I mean? You're like, there's no back. <laughs> there's no baggage. I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, I can't believe they voted out so-and-so. I would have gotten rid of Carol in that right. week. Right. You know what like though? That's true though. Cause I think, and I don't, I'm pretty sure a lot of um, people I almost said content creators, and I hate that phrase. But you know what I mean? People who, Mm -hmm. like, do stuff. Um, I think that for the most part, people find comfort in doing something that is so far from what they do just because it has nothing to do with what they immerse themselves with every day, and it just feels like a nice release. Like, whenever people ask me, like, oh, so, like, what's your favorite, like, horror podcast and scary story podcast? I'm like, I actually watch a lot of stand-up comedy when I'm doing work, and it's just so far from what I think about. I think that is why a lot of artists, especially that create in a certain space, love watching The Bachelor or love Love Mm. Love Island. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just Mm -hmm. think it. we don't have to think about how the sausage is made. Yeah. And a lot of times, I find, even though I don't have uh, a lot of like standing in the industry. I have a fair amount of friends that work consistently and I'll get, I'll get a 
somebody from back home saying, hey, do you watch blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, <laughs> no, I can't watch that because I know my friend was supposed to book that part. And the only mm. reason they didn't get it was because right. somebody was sleeping with the showrunner. And, you know, like, you know stuff about these these things. <gasps> you know and the weird politics behind it. You know the weird politics. I mean, it takes you, like, even on big shows, you can meet with a makeup artist who's like, all right, so let me tell you what's going down on the set of Mandalorian. <laughs> you know, it's not that hard to like right. know a little too much about a lot of these shows and movies, and it does make them a little harder to. I remember when I used to pitch music videos to bands I like, mm-hmm. and then if they passed on them, I was like, fuck, I don't get to like that I band anymore. I can't listen to that <laughs> band anymore. Yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. It's a good way to sour everything. That's fun for <laughs> oh. That's fun for everyone else. Which is a great segue into talking about the Ghostbusters trailer. Oh my god, I actually haven't seen it. Should I watch it real quick right now? Honestly, I think you should. All right, so I'm going to talk about the trailer while Sapphire watches it. For, For those that don't know... Ghostbusters is getting a, you know, I guess you'd call it a direct sequel. I mean, you're, you know, some people are calling it Ghostbusters uh, 3. Some people are calling it Ghostbusters 4, if you count the 2016 Paul Feig version of Ghostbusters. Um, Now, I am split. I am such a Ghostbusters fan that you give me the sound of of the, the Ghostbusters alarm going off. You give me the sound of the, the proton packs powering up and i'm pretty much there i also i had huge issues with the 2016 version but i promise you they weren't the incelly chauvinistic sexist reasons i promise you please believe me my issues with ghostbusters 2016 were basically story-based issues only i loved the casting i loved the idea of an all-female crew what i had a problem with was the male villain really and i'm not a hemsworth boy I'm over the, like, John Cena, Chris Hemsworth. Isn't it ironic that the buff guy is acting silly? You can act silly, but you still got to be really good at selling comedy. And I don't find that they are, says the guy that's not as successful as either of them. But Ghostbusters Afterlife, I actually don't, out of the gate, other than my Stay Puffed rant, which I believe uh, was one of the last times you heard me, I, I ranted about the mini Stay Puffs. I have been worried that they're pandering to the people that have a strong sense of nostalgia for the film by shoving it full of iconography that we'll recognize. The weird thing is, man, I'm going to sound like such a fucking hypocrite, because the weird thing is, this trailer kind of doubles down on that. You think I'd be more turned off, but there was something about this trailer that actually wound up working for me, and, and I'll explain it. I'm basically... I went from a position of, I'm ready to hate this, to I'm ready to be okay with it, if that makes sense. Um, And I gotta wait till Sapphire finishes watching it to to dive in. Um, I also want to talk about the Chucky trailer, but I'm gonna have to have Sapphire watch that as well. So, let's give her a few more seconds to talk about Ghostbusters Afterlife. To watch Ghostbusters Afterlife. For anybody that doesn't know, it's directed by Jason Reitman the son of the original director, okay? So Ivan Reitman directed Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2. I watched Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 on a motherfucking loop, okay? My TV VCR behind me is either showing Fright Night, Ghostbusters, Gremlins, Ghostbusters 2, or Poltergeist on a loop. They're such good movies to have on, and uh, they're just a, they're just a good vibe. They inform the vibe that like I want to live in all of the time. At any point, I can look up and just see something glowing, something oozing, something neon green, something getting electrocuted or blowing up. It is the vibe that I want to live in all the time. So Jason Reitman is directing Afterlife with Paul Rudd, Carrie Coon, Finn Wolfhard, and McKenna Grace. Um, and it was written by, let me see who wrote it. It was written by Gil Keenan, uh, and Jason Reitman and Gil Keenan, uh, for those that don't know, 
He's the writer of Monster House. Now, it, technically, Monster House was tight. So that gives me some hope. But he was the director of the Poltergeist remake, which gives me pause for concern. Uh, I back. feel like... Okay, you're back. Okay, I was like, I think Sapphire's watching an extended cut. So, yeah! no. I was just talking about how big of a Ghostbusters fan I was as a kid. It still means a sure. lot to me. I'm the most predictable 80s, you know. <laughs> That's the thing. That's... There, there's... I mean, Ghostbusters were it. Uh, right. W- did it matter to you? Do you watch no. this new trailer in... Okay. <laughs> you already knew that, Bowser. So I watched you Ghostbusters watched... for the first time in college. Okay. So it has no nostalgia factor for me at all. I enjoyed it. It's a fun yeah. movie, but it doesn't define anything about me. <laughs> totally. It's so interesting because I, I it, those movies have such a power over me. I mean, I I got I Ghostbusters. I got a Ghostbusters toy right uh, over here, and just buying it, I was jealous of my friend Alex who had it when he was a kid, and I didn't have it. And now you realize, as an adult, it's fifteen <gasps> fucking bucks. That's like me instead of buying like a Led Zeppelin vinyl. <laughs> For a boomer, mm-hmm. that's my equivalent, you know? Right. And they have such a power over me. I can see the problems. Like, I rewatched Ghostbusters recently, and I was like, oh, god damn. Peter Venkman is, like, <laughs> is like toxic. He's mm-hmm. showing up at her house, and he's doing it just to flirt with her. Anyway, the point is, I still love the movies, uh-huh. despite their flaws. But when you watch this trailer, what's your vibe? What's your initial reaction? Um, honestly... <laughs> It just, uh, I, I feel like maybe it was a little too vague. Um, yeah. I feel like, and again, this is just me. I don't really fully understand what the movie's about. I, I'm wondering if maybe it relied too heavily on nostalgia and referencing things that, like, me, someone who has no attachment to the original movie, I, I don't know. It just, I was just like, okay, just looks like a, totally. you know. Well, fun action paranormal yeah. movie. <laughs> I I when I watched it, I was like, I wonder what this will look like to people that aren't super familiar with Ghostbusters. The, but even, so even me. As a, yeah, you. But even as a giant Ghostbusters fan, I bet you the next trailer will dive a little deeper into what right. exactly is happening. What I assume is happening, and I could be wrong, and there's a million YouTube videos about what they think is happening. But like, you know, in the old Ghostbusters headquarters, there was a giant vault full of ghosts. I assume that's what's at the bottom of that well. And that oh. Egon, who was the Ghostbuster played by Harold Ramis in the original movie, I guess, I'm assuming he buried the vault there thinking it'd be safe, but something unleashes all those motherfucking ghosts on that Ugh. small town. But luckily his farmhouse has, you know, the Ecto-1, the car, the proton packs and all that. And his grandkids... From Haunting of Hill House and Stranger Things, respectively, right, uh, get to slap around town and trap them fucking ghosts. Cute. I was I went on a rant on this podcast about the miniature Stay Puffs. Uh, I was like, "Fuck Fine. you," because uh, <laughs> they were so cute. <laughs> I know it made me look like such an insane person when you said it just then. When you said that so innocently, why? And I'm like, "Fuck them." <laughs> uh, I felt like it was I felt like it was them pandering to the people like me. It was like, and there's and there's Stay Puffs again too. There's I don't no, know, but they're cute old. and small, like Baby Yoda. But they're cute and small, and like Baby, baby Groot, and every totally. baby thing. That's I know. know. Which supposedly the Baby Boom was started by Muppet Baby. Baby Boom. The baby Wait, boom. Mu- the Muppet Babies is in the cartoon. Yeah, they say that Muppet Babies is what brought about the babification of. Because then you got Flintstone kids, and then you yeah. had a pup named Scooby Doo. Yeah. They say that's what started that kind of being laced into pop culture that like, you know what you could do? You could fucking babify this. Babify. And now everybody does it. Hmm. I loved yeah. Muppet Babies. That Muppet Babies That was rips. my jam. My thing about the Ghostbusters trailer that I was actually saying while you were watching it that I'm open to liking it. Whereas okay. before, I was like, don't give me to your fucking mini Stay Puffs. It's not as simple as that, you idiots. Oh my and then, God. And then they released a trailer where it was just Ivan Reitman and Bill Murray talking about how wonderful the movie is. Yeah. And that was it. And I'm like, oh, so because Bill Murray and Ivan Reitman love it, I have to love it. Fuck off. Wow. But what, I, what my response to this trailer is more how interesting it is that they have completely uh, abandoned the tone 
of Ghostbusters, and in essence, right. the genre. Hmm. Like, I I wouldn't tweet this because I'm not the person to tweet a fucking thought I had that I thought was funny. <laughs> but I texted a friend. I'm getting strong. What if French, Fresh Prince was rebooted as a drama vibes Yo. from this Ghostbusters trailer? Yeah, I can like, see that. It's not like it's just weird. I don't get I guess it's not wrong, mm -hmm. but it's so interesting to take something that the genre was this more like farcical heightened, you know, and then to like ground goofy. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like goofy. And then ground it. It's almost like it feels like a cheat because I'm Wait. like. Bowser, we've talked about this. This when? is no, not this specifically, obviously, because I just oh my watched god, this I was like, oh my god, I'm trapped. No, in a loop. no, 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 no. I'm saying like the i this trend right now in these remakes where they take older properties that usually came out in a time where True. horror comedy or campy horror was really popular, and then just darkening it the right. fuck up, <laughs> right? Because uh, people equate dark, moody things for being uh, more sophisticated. <laughs> right, right. So and I feel I'm, like that's what's happening here. That is what's happening. And obviously, like, the influence of Stranger Things, etc. Mm -hmm, but what's mm -hmm. so wild is, like, by season three, Stranger Things is glee. So it's weird mm. because it established a tone that now people are sniping, but it has since abandoned that tone. Mm. Uh, but I guess, I guess it's just a weird thought experiment in my mind that you can... Like, what if you, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of another example. What if you made the burbs again, except it was like really gruesome and it was about Dexter living next door. It just seems like, a, a, it's like Schindler's List as a film doesn't exist in the same reality as Ghostbusters. Like mm -hmm. movies exist in different tonal and genre realities. Right. And it's, and the 2016 Ghostbusters was more in the tone of the original one. Mm -hmm. As far as like how heightened and 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 uh, you know the lack of certain consequences and right. this is like, I hope I'm a good mother. It is the opening line, <laughs> and then it ends with Ray Stance, the character who dreamt he'd get a blowjob from a ghost, <laughs> picking up the phone and being like, "We're closed." And I'm like, "Well, it's not fucking uh, you know uh, John Wick." Like, yeah, I think I'm back. <laughs> I don't know. It's just I'm worried that it's going to be. I might be back on the fence of uh, on the other side of the fence of re being ready to hate it. Okay. Because I don't know if mixing those tones is going to ultimately work. Because when well, they show a ghost, find out. and it's like fucking you know muncher or whatever. Yeah. But but it's in this like kind of grounded world. I'm like yeah. And even cutting to the old commercials from the original film feel yeah. weird. Like. It was a goof back then that they were on TV going, call us. Yeah. Like, it didn't feel real in the 80s. It felt like an SNL sketch. <laughs> but these kids are watching it like it's history. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. Uh, it's just a fucking weird thing that nobody cares about except for me. <laughs> well, when does this movie come out? Uh, you know, I don't know. Um, let's see. Ghostbusters Afterlife. Probably soon. Um, wow. Uh, the release date is still listed at what it was at before it got pushed for the pandemic. Mm. Uh, now it's saying November 11th. Okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we did like Fear Street. Yes. What was your take on Fear Street? 90s, 70s, and 1600s. Mm -hmm. What did you like? What did you dislike? What'd you find refreshing about it? Oh, I still didn't light my money candle. I'll do that at the end. What's wrong with you? You'll get no money. Um, I I was not expecting to enjoy Fear Street as much as I did, honestly. Yeah. Um, I yeah. The I texted you right after. I was like, Oh my god, this was so much fun. Yeah. Just because I feel like it's been a while since I've had fun watching a movie. So when I do have fun, it's a real treat. <laughs> totally. Um, I, I mean, I my favorite one was the first one, the '90s one. Um, Same I just, here. I loved the aesthetic, and then also I just felt storytelling wise, it felt the tightest. Um, mm -hmm. Like it, honestly, I I could have been cool with just that one. I don't think I needed the other ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that one was my favorite. 
we talked about this too. It does get a little awkward when there's like teen romance. I'm always just like, it feels illegal to watch this right now. <laughs> I know. You know, this topic has been coming up a lot. Uh, really? Fear Street. Because I think I was texting you this. It's like, it's not just that you're watching teens in a sex scene. It's supposed to be hot. Yeah, like, that's what's weird about it. It's not like an awkward scene that's supposed to communicate how awkward teen romance is. It's shot because they're like 20 something year old actors. Yeah. So it's shot like, dang, can you believe these teens? I mean, that's how Riverdale shot. Riverdale yeah. shot to be titillating. So uncomfortable. So, yeah, wh- it's so wild. You're watching it like, uh, I, you know, is my yeah. sister leave the room? <laughs> yeah, it's steamy, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's real but uncomfortable. I agree. I, I like the 90s one the best. Mm-hmm. I think it was just, it was nice. I was trying to think back and be like, why did I enjoy it so much? And I think a huge part of it was that it just moved in a way without a lot of internal conflict. Mm. Like, they all got along and fucking wanted to save the day. Granted, at the end, there were some decisions where they were, like, against each other. Right. But not in a way that bogged down the momentum of just the adventure. Yeah. Which I, I thought was really refreshing. And, you know... I don't, maybe I'm misremembering, but there's not a lot of, I must be, I must be blanking. Oh yeah, there's Mm. kills. I guess I feel like there wasn't a lot of gory kills till the end, right? Like, it didn't feel, it didn't feel concerned with checking off a lot of horror boxes. It just kind of zoomed and fucking did what it wanted. (laughs) Yeah. And I had a lot, and I thought the characters made smart decisions and actually Mm -hmm. were rendered uh, three-dimensionally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do like the setting of the 70s one, though. I love a good mm-hmm. camp. Right, right. What do you think didn't work for you about that one as much as the first one? Um, I don't know. I feel like because the first one dealt with, like, what was happening right now, like, it felt yeah. more... Pre- this is the dumbest thing. It felt more present because it was happening, like, in the present, whereas yeah. the 70s one was all, like, flashbacks, so it's stuff that's, like, just kind of explaining... How, but yeah. then it, to me, it almost feels like the 70s one wasn't even really necessary, like in the grand scheme of the trilogy, in my opinion. Well, right, because ultimately, I guess what they attempted was unsuccessful. So, right. it, so it what was, was the point? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty much like uh, neutral, the mm-hmm. outcome. Yeah, like it could have been in there, it could not have been in there. Um, yeah. The, the scenes where they were, I like almost threw up the scenes where they were like underneath the outhouse i, was I don't just know like, why i, I knew I that you have a hard time with that <laughs> it grossed I, me out i know it's not real poop but i was just imagining if it was real and i'm like that's the most disgusting thing i've ever yeah, seen in my life just a landslide of shit <laughs> and uh, and that red moss yeah just shit and red moss <laughs> And then the 1600 ones got a li- 1600s one got Ooh. a little harder to be in- into. Yeah. Um, but I, I I'm not a hot take. I don't like olden times horror. I don't mm-hmm. know what it is. It's like, old. I, I, it's old. Well, I'm just like I'm never the biggest uh, witch fan. No. I'm never the biggest. Um, uh, what other um, old timey horror is there? <laughs> oh well, that new Hansel and Gretel. Did you watch that? No. <laughs> I saw it in theaters. I don't know why. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if you'd consider the original Wicker Man to be. It's not old. Uh, it's, no, because like, that took to place. Seventies. That took place in the present, and it was you just went to this town that was kind of totally. Weird. <laughs> yeah, totally. No, you're right. I don't know what other old olden times. Wow, so you there really is just then. don't like the witch? Just say it. That's all <laughs> you're basing this on. I guess I just don't like the witch. Yeah. I love yeah. that. <laughs> well, because there was like that. Um, yeah, I guess. Well, would this count though? I like Sleepy Hollow. But uh, what year is that supposed to be? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going to look it up. But it's definitely not as old as the 1600s. No. So it's supposed to be 1799. Oh, okay. So that's a good year for me. Wow. <laughs> 1799, I can fuck with. Right. Um, do you have any opinion? I know the answer to this. Oh my I'm going to skip this topic. If, if we were doing a talk show right now, 
And and I had my little blue card. I'd throw (laughs) this one away. Well, now you have to say it. Do you have any opinion on the Chucky TV series? Oh, wait. I didn't hear about that. There's a Chucky TV show coming to sci-fi that is a direct continuation of Curse of Chucky and Cult of Chucky. (gasps) Huh. Because, you know, Orion did that remake. Yeah. uh, Which was, like, fucking... I swear to... There are... There, I will bite my tongue on many things. Yeah. Because I hope to get a job one day working <laughs> for. I would tell the person hiring me to make a movie if he said, if you, I don't know how to fucking phrase this hyper, hyperbolic thing I'm trying to say. Oh my God. I would tell anyone I hated that Child's Play remake. I would yeah. tattoo it on my fucking face. I hated it so much. I don't care if the producer of that movie says, I'm already backing out on this. But theoretically, if the producer of that movie <laughs> asked me, hey, Bows, I'll produce your next film if you tell me you liked my Child's Play remake, I would look at him and I'd say, fuck you. Oh. <laughs> wow. Because there are some things that are un-for-fucking-givable. Oh, and- that movie was bad on like um, every level, every fucking level. And if you and take as bad as that movie is and make it the remake of something great, in my yeah. opinion, so then it makes that badness innumerably multiplied. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it had Aubrey Plaza, who I'm obsessed with, and I can did not that utilize too. her. And yeah. I was just like, "Wow, congratulations, this movie!" <laughs> congratulations. I mean. Everybody loved Aubrey Plaza when they uh, kind of recontextualized her in that holiday movie. I forget what it was called, but she was in like a holiday movie with Kristen Stewart. Oh, um, Happiest Season. And, yeah, and everybody really liked it. And a lot of it was because Aubrey Plaza was kind of in a different role. Yeah. And, you and she's could hot. Do so, <laughs> and she's hot. And she's, I think she's really interesting and layered and yeah. can do a lot. And she should have slapped in that movie. Mm-hmm. Just like Gillian Jacobs should have slapped in. <laughs> come play. Come play. Yeah. And Gillian Jacobs didn't get to slap in Fear Street. Mm-mm. When will Gillian Jacobs get to slap? That will be I tell you, a segment. She, <laughs> she got to slap in that improv movie she made. Uh, that movie was about an improv troupe. And oh, it was, Don't Think Twice? Right. I didn't love the movie, but I thought she slapped. Mm, I didn't see it. I just know of it. It's so funny that you remember the name. I remember um, random things. She can slap so hard, though. I uh, she slapped on Love, that Netflix mm, show. I don't like that show. Yeah, it's a hard, it's a hard show to like. I would. I, I didn't would finish. Say. I watched one episode and I was like, nah. <laughs> I would say it's a hard show to like. I would say there's personalities on that show that are hard to watch as characters, <laughs> and then there's like Gillian Jacobs, and I love her. But okay, well then we don't need to talk about Chucky. Um, oh, you know what I did watch recently though. What? For the first time. Seed of Chucky. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've never seen it. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What? Well, so we can talk about Seed of Chucky? (laughs) What a gift. (laughs) I enjoyed it. (laughs) Yeah. Look. (laughs) I've got a lot of opinions on on the Child's Play franchise, but what made you watch Seed of Chucky, and what did you think of it? Um... I I just wanted to watch something while I was doing work. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like half watching it. Um totally. and I yeah, I just looked up horror movies on Netflix and I it was streaming and I realized I'd never seen it and I remember reading an article about how their kid was non-binary and I was like that's interesting yeah. and so I watched it and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> um yeah. like I thought it was funny. I thought like I love when horror movies are very um What's the word? Self-aware. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It was just like fucking silly and weird. And I don't know. I enjoyed I, it. <laughs> yeah. I have come. So I used to be like a real purist when it came to Child's Play and Child's Play 2. And I liked the the less involved Don Mancini was, who has really hmm. take, taken over the franchise. He is yeah. the original writer, but he wasn't the original director. And once he really took over as director is when it took this kind of meta shape mm-hmm. and this this campier direction. Yeah. And I and I really rejected that. When I saw um Bride of Chucky I love in Bride theaters, of Chucky. 
even though it had John Ritter in it, and I was like, wish come fucking true. <laughs> I didn't like it. I was like, not mm-hmm. for me. Not mm-hmm. my Chucky. He's not that silly. Um, and then Seed of Chucky, I was like, I, I think I was fully out on the franchise at that point. <gasps> really? But then Curse of Chucky, where they reveal it's not a reboot. It is a direct continuation. She like, you think it's a hard reboot? Because he's got his smooth face, whereas mm-hmm. for the last few movies, he's had his stitch face Chucky, yeah. which I love stitch face Chucky. Um, they convince you it's a a hard reboot because it's back to smooth face Chucky. But the truth is, one of the characters like peels off his skin at one point, and um, it's the stitch face Chucky. Mm, okay. Which is kind of a weird rule because Chucky can be remade and still be the original Chucky because the mm. spirit. Right, he's re- he's remade in Child's Play two. Mm-hmm. It's new plastic. It's just yeah. the spirit still there. So whatever the fuck. But uh, Curse of Chucky, I kind of enjoyed. Cult of Chucky was like now we're back to shitsville. Mm-hmm. Um, but after Cult of Chucky, I went back and rewatched Bride and Seed and mm-hmm. kind of enjoyed them. Nice. <laughs> so I kind of it just took me a while as a fan to like get over myself and then come back. <laughs> And so I'm kind of into the Child's Play sci-fi show. I'm 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 here for it at least. Okay. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably watch it. Yeah. Um we watched both Caveat and Gaia. Let's just briefly talk through these and then we'll we'll wrap it up and light my money candle. Um Caveat and Gaia. Yes. What did you think of Caveat? Um, I mean, it was fun to watch because it was the first time I have seen my husband scream in a horror movie. So that was interesting. What part did and and how did he scream? Was it like a high pitched yelp or was it like oh, a? Oh my god! Um, it was the moment where he, uh, the guy, is looking in that little basement hole area with his flashlight, yeah. and then he spots the body of the mom. Yeah. Um, my husband oh, so was, it was like, just seeing the body of the mom. Just it wasn't even seeing wh- the body. Wow! <laughs> it wasn't even like jumped. when she kind of comes back to life. No. Well, he. Yeah. I mean, I, that freaked me out too. Where the she her her she like peeks over the wall and then like hops down. Yeah. That kind of spooked me. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, no, it was just I laughed so hard because I was like, I've literally never seen you moved by a horror movie like That's that. That's so funny. Um, but so that was fun. Um, story wise, I I know what you meant when we were texting about it. Um, how there's there's like a lot of setup for the premise of the movie. So he's got yeah. to like go babysit this woman. He's got to tie himself to a chain so that he can't enter her room. But then, mm-hmm. just sort of like in the grand scheme of the movie, none of that really mattered. And also, I I didn't really fully understand, like, why any of those things were implemented to begin with. Right. When they set up that that um, chain that yeah. he's on, I was like, dang, this is going to come into play hard. And it didn't really. No. He kind of could go anywhere he needed to. And then he just fucking took the vest off. Right. Exactly. And, and then also, I, I feel like the whole scary part of it is supposed to be, oh, he can't leave if he needs to. And wouldn't right. that be scary if the woman is attacking him or something or chasing him? Right. right? Like, that's where I, my mind went. But then yeah. immediately we see him in the room and she's there and she's fine with him. So I'm like, right, OK, so totally. she's not a threat. So where the hell is the threat? Why should I be scared? I know it's weird when somebody has the idea that seems like a clear setup for a set piece mm-hmm. and that then they do, they don't execute. Right. And I'm like, well, well, then why did you even have the idea of the mm-hmm. vest? I mean, it's like, I wouldn't say this is the exact same thing, but we also both watched Till Death. Yes. And I think both pretty much enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I was thinking, I was like, they don't do much with the whole she wakes up chained to the body of her dead husband. Yeah, yeah. She drags him around for a bit and then chops off his hand mm-hmm. like it, and, and gets out. I mean, then there's still like 50 minutes of movie left. Right. But the like setup uh, isn't real, doesn't really inform the the story that then plays out. Right. But that would be the same for Kyle. Yeah. I, I mean, 
that premise would be cool. I I think that's a cool premise of like, what? You have to like chain yourself and you're isolated and like all this stuff. But that, I think maybe they focused too much on the premise and forgot to make the rest of it interesting yeah. too. Because that yeah. is an interesting premise. But then it yeah, like, for felt sure. Yeah, I'm just I feel glad the same. He... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I feel the same about Caveat okay. that you do, I think. I'm just glad. I'm glad that he rescued the dog at the end. Because when they introduced that dog, I was ready to leave. I'm like, if this dog dies at the end, I'm leaving. Totally. (laughs) He rescues him at the end. You know, (laughs) why don't people? I see a lot of people say, you know, stop killing animals in horror movies, etc. I get Mm -hmm. it, but at the same time, don't they kill a dog in Jaws? I don't remember. I think they do. I guess I just wonder when did that become such a a line. For people um yeah i don't know but i mean it is very common it's like the second that you see an animal you know oh aristotle says the dog survives no in jaws the dog pippet is eaten off screen by jaws yeah uh. yeah wrong aristotle wrong boo fired <laughs> boo <laughs> <laughs> um I get it. I mean, it bothered me in in a movie that came out a few years ago. I, I forget what the name of it was. I don't know if it was the lobster. Oh no, not the lobster. But well, that's one example. That is one example. Uh, no, the movie about the little kid that was like evil because he was like the descendant of uh, an evil person. The omen. No, it was, but it was like a modern omen. Uh, also done by the studio behind the Child's Play remake, Orion. Um, Shoot, because they've been trying to do these kind of like 80s, 90s reboots. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, right, I can't find the name of it, but I'm looking, I'm looking. Child's Play remake. Come on, y'all. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, okay, I got nothing. That's okay. But it had a little kid with a skull painted on his face on the poster. Eli. No, I never watched that. Did you I didn't watch, watch that? it, no. <laughs> Um, oh Prodigy. I'm just shouting the, out movie names. Oh, that I've I seen. think that is it. Is Prodigy? it? I think so. Yes, the Prodigy. Did you just remember that or did you look it up? No, it just came to my head. Oh, yeah. It was the Prodigy. Yeah, nice. he kills the dog. And it's pretty <sighs> gruesome. I don't like it. Um, me neither. But uh, kill people so, all you want. <laughs> just leave yeah, the dogs slice alone. Slice them up. Slice them up. <laughs> um, oh, there's a website called Does, <gasps> Does the Dog the Die? Does the Dog Die? Oh, oh no. my gosh. Crowdsourced emotional spoilers for movies, TV, books, okay. and more. That's great. That's actually, yeah, I need that. Um, so we also watched Gaia. Yes. What did you think about Gaia? I think I was too confused to feel anything, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It was, it was uh, that, and I watched a movie called Censor, and they just both feel, they just kind of spun out. They... They set up something moody, and then they kind of just spin out into craziness. Mm-hmm. And that's ultimately the trend. wasn't fulfilling. I know that is that's the trend. That's the trend. Do a lot of slow burn stuff and then have a wild ending that everyone will talk about. Right. And that's how you get those ending explained videos. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah that's the formula now. Yeah. It's so wild. My mm-hmm. mind doesn't work that way. <laughs> Um, so if you had to say one was better than the other, if, yeah. if you had to recommend to a friend, mm-hmm. watch Caveat or watch Gaia, what would you recommend? Uh. I know, out of only those two, <laughs> I, I know. Feel, the- well, that's actually really weird. I feel like they're very evenly stacked. <laughs> actually, you know what, though? Yeah. I think I would recommend Caveat mostly because I did think that there were some spooky moments, even though yeah. overall as a movie, I thought, um... It didn't make like there's a lot of stuff I wanted clarity on, but yeah, <laughs> if you're jumpy, you might jump yeah. at the side of the, the mom's body. Um, yeah, there's some spooky stuff in there. Whereas Gaia, I was just kind of like, what is happening this entire time? Yeah, I agree. I, I think at least in caveat, there's a couple of good scares that would give people, including your husband, a jump. <laughs> And there's some good visuals. I like the little rabbit thing, and I like mm-hmm. the way the corpse looked. Yeah, it was spooky. Yeah, it was spooky. It had a good had a good mood. Sensor has a great mood too. I just don't think it really pays off. But it's a got it. It's still kind of a fun movie to watch. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Sapphire, uh, for joining me tonight. Is yeah. there anything 
people should be looking out for from you? Is there anything you want to promote or push people toward? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I have a YouTube channel called YouTube. Wow. The channel address <laughs> is youtube.com slash sapphiresandalo. Uh, every other week, every other Wednesday, I post a partially animated uh, spooky story. They're usually like modern retakes, retakes, modern retellings of folklore, or they're just like original stories. And then in the weeks in between that, I release a podcast episode every Wednesday. Mm -hmm. uh, my podcast is called Stories with Sapphire. So if you like non-fictional paranormal conversations, that's where that's happening. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, Sapphire, thank you so much for joining me. Before I sign off, I am going to light this money candle. I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to think about what I need. I'm focusing, focusing on the cocaine budget for the Onyx movie. All right. And now I'm lighting it with intention. Hell yeah. Thank you again for this gift, Sapphire. And I will do our little NPR outro. This has been Andrew Bowser and Sapphire Sandalo. And you've been listening to The Untold Hour. Oh my god, I almost expected I... you to say Alter Week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Untoldians, that is it for this episode of The Untold Hour. Thank you for joining us on this weird and wild ride into the bizarre. If you are interested in sharing your own story of the weird, send us your listener stories to the Untold Hour pod at gmail.com. Come join the Untold Hour convo over on my Discord server and our Facebook group. And you can follow us on our socials, Instagram at The Untold Hour and at Untold Hour Pod on Twitter. Starbands Avenue, a, podca <clears throat> a podcast network.